Welcome to Cardiology, everybody. Part two of our bi-week extravaganza where we have all of our friends here with us to talk through the game. Um, if you caught part one, we talked a lot um, just about the um, clutch win on Monday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. But it's time to turn the page. The NFL waits for no man. And while we actually have um, this bye week where the team can get healthy, relax, um, and get ready for the balance of the season. We'd be wrong if we didn't say that there were still some questions that are lingering around this team. I mean, again, this is a three and five team that we all feel should have performed quite differently throughout the beginning of the season. So how is that going to look? What are we going to see? And really what's, what's coming down the pike here for the rest of of this campaign. So I'll throw out to you, Chris. Um, tell me a little bit. So the next three games that we have on the schedule, why don't you go ahead and, you know, give me your thoughts about what you're going to be looking for um, and just in general, what you're hoping for. Well, what's funny is earlier in the year, we, when we all, like beginning of the year, we all looked at these games, and go, oh, this is going to be the tough stretch. And, you know, we play the Dolphins, we play the Bills, then we play the Buccaneers. Well, the funny thing is there's so much parity in the league right now. I'm not really overly concerned to the point that I think – I don't think there's anybody we can't beat. Certainly, the beginning of the year, you would have thought the Buccaneers would be a lot tougher team, and they are not. You know, they're not playing that well. The Dolphins and the Bills are playing well. That being said, the Dolphins have the same record as the Jets, who we should have beaten. And the Dolphins also are the only loss Buffalo has had. So do I think these are tough games we need to get for? Absolutely. Do I think they're winnable? Absolutely. But there's so much parity in the league right now in terms of everybody almost being equal, unless you're Philadelphia. Um, I mean, really, or, and quite frankly, the other surprising one out there that nobody talks about is Minnesota, who's 6-1. and one. Um, If you're not one of those two teams, who do you look at and go, we can't beat them, right? Right. So I – yeah, it, so we could win all three. We could lose all three. I don't know. You know, which Browns team is going to show up, right? That's the big question. Hopefully the primetime team will show up to those games. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think the first thing you said, Mark, with the bye week is to get healthy. That's the biggest thing we need to do right now is get healthy. You got Teller out with the calf strain. He's going to get an extra week off. You got David Njoku with his high ankle sprain. Hopefully that gets a little better. Denzel Ward, God, I hope he can shake the cobwebs out of his head for this with this concussion. That must have been a monster for him to be out. And then, you know, JOK, I think that was a knee thing, right? It was a it was a knee injury uh, from quad. Practice? Quad, I think. Quad? Okay. Yeah, I think he's he's suffering through a couple different things. So that's, in my mind, that's the biggest thing is we got to get these guys healthy because you got a big stretch here. And um, Miami, like Chris said, Miami is definitely beatable. They started out kind of gangbusters and they had that great comeback against Baltimore. Uh, and then they they floundered a little bit, but I think two is coming back into his own. He's shaking the cobwebs out of his head. And he's he's got two of the best receivers in the league on his team and he all he has to do is say uh Jalen's down or um Tyreek's down there somewhere you know and just chuck it down the down the field so 
I think I think the defense is going to have to continue to beef up and step up uh, against some marquee teams. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like Chris said, we all kind of thought the Buccaneers, but they're not looking like the team that Tom Brady thought he was going to come back to. And I don't know if that's if that's coaching or if that's Tom himself or what. I think that's very interesting. Buffalo is going to be a scary game in my book. And I, I think you need to get some bodyguards because I know you're going to walk into Bill's Mafia with your full Browns gear. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I actually for for those who are listening in, um, I had the opportunity. I'm going to actually get to be in Buffalo for that game. So um, I will be reporting from from the field. Um, so we'll be we'll get to see some of that. Um, no, I think. Uh, you know, to your point, I think the injuries are big. I'm legitimately concerned about Denzel Ward. He's had a lot of concussions to start his career. Um, and so I'm a little concerned about that. I think, honestly, if he's not playing against Miami, we should all be concerned about whether or not he's going to play the rest of the season because he's going to have had multiple weeks to sit out um, to get well, he's going to have a week this week where he doesn't even have football activities at all to be able to sit out with. And so if he's still in concussion protocol, come around the Dolphins game, I think we'll be asking ourselves who's going to be stepping in for him. I think, uh, you know, when you're talking about the injuries, the NFL did kind of a, a, a nice favor with the bye week. We, we got kind of one of the advantageous positions of the bye, right, kind of in the middle of the season comes at a time where we really need that break to recover. So um, we're not going to be able to complain about that or blame the bye week on anything. I think the bye week is, is positioned well to help us succeed. So we'll see see how that, that works out for us. Uh, as I'm looking at the rest of the season, um, you know, I, I think it's defense. I think you, you've got to look at this. We Our offense has played pretty consistently, uh, pretty well almost every game. I think it's the defense that's been all over the place. And Fortunately for, for Woods, going into the bye week, we looked great. Uh, so I think that that saved his job because if we didn't, I, I had a feeling he might not have survived the bye week. Um, but I'm hoping we come out of the bye week looking like we did going in, that, that, that we figured it out. They figured out the communication. They figured out the, the play calling. They've, um, they've got it all straightened out on defense, and that intensity comes back and plays that way for the rest of the, rest of the season. And if we do that, I think – I think as Chris pointed out, there's a lot of parity in this league and we can beat just about every team we're facing here with, without much of a problem. So I think that's, that to me is the key is get that defense straightened out, play with that same intensity we went in. And then, you know, you can, you, you can take on Miami. We've got the, we've got the uh, defense to beat them. We've got the backs to, to cover their, their receivers. We, we can take them down, but it's really, you know, what defense is going to show up and, you know, one game is great. I'm really excited about it, but uh, we got to see how we come back from that bye week now that we've got the extra time to plan. I mean, that first game back should should give us a big indication. Sure. You know, kind of like a lot what you said uh, in the last episode, Mark, if they win in, with Cincinnati and nothing happens, that's a good indication of what their plan was all along. And so we did win. Nothing happened on the trade deadline and nothing's happened with any uh, coaching staff. So, yeah, I think what you said pretty much just is right there on the nose, man. Yeah, I think 
um, you guys all make a lot of really good points. And, and um, yeah, I did say last week, you know, how the team reacted at the trade deadline was going to give you a lot of indication of how they were approaching this season as a whole. Um, so I'm, I'm of the opinion that probably the front office and the, and um, the ownership feels exactly about these first eight games the way we do. Um, a lot of disappointment, um, but also, too, a lot of positive vibes with that this team could be in a completely different position. Um, now, they did try to get some defensive line help, which was, which was nice to hear about, and they just couldn't get a deal done that made sense. The fax um, machine was broken. <laughs> well, I think the the reality is just that, you know, it's a trade deadline. Everybody is scrambling. Um you you want a really good difference making player, you're going to pay a premium for it. And let's we we have to be honest, the Browns have given up their picks. We we don't have those premium picks laying around to make a big splash at a trade deadline. It's it's a whole different ball game. It's it's different kinds of compensation. We joked about it in the in the first part of our episodes. We joked about the the trade of Chase Claypool to Chicago. Um, I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he's a, I, I think he could be a good receiver. He might be good. He might be good for Chicago. It might be a good change of scenery for him. But a second round pick, I mean, come on. Like to me. To me, the prices are just very steep at this point. And so I'm glad to hear that they were focused on an area that's a, that is a glaring need. Um, but I think the fact that they didn't just, you know, leverage even more of the future to make that happen lets you know that they're, they are willing to ride out what this season, just the way it is. And it's really about 2023. Yeah. And think about it too. Those picks are all relative. Now we've traded away so many picks that, you know, a fourth round pick to somebody else is going to be a little less valuable than a fourth round pick to us now, because we don't have a lot of picks ahead of that. Right. So, you know, that I think we had to be, right, we're better. Right. Yeah. We had to be very careful with what moves we made. So I'm glad they were. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we, we heard them say, or we heard the rumblings that, Kareem Hunt could be had for a fourth round pick and then nobody wanted to step up. I think, I think you honestly have a situation there where the Browns know that even if they can't come to terms with Kareem Hunt, he's a compensatory draft pick. Yeah. And so if you can't get something that's at least equivalent to that compensatory pick, then why, why should you make a move? Um, you know, the, you know, the work ethic, you know, the power that he's bringing he showed it the last game. Hopefully, he'll continue to show it through. So, uh, I don't know. You know, trades at the trade deadline, in trades in general. You know, I, I, I say it all the time. You have to have a partner. There has to be somebody on the other side who needs what you're giving. Um, and so, I just think the Browns looked at that. They probably said, "Hey, you know what? The price is too rich, or we're not getting what we want." So, since this is about 2023, anyways. Let's let's ride this out. Now, I think that the big piece, and, and you've all kind of touched upon it a little bit. Um, where do we go with this momentum? Um, you know, I, I do agree in terms of the team, in terms of the health, um, getting a chance to get a breather. You know, having the bye week right in the middle of the season is a benefit 
to the players. Um, but in terms of momentum, it couldn't have come at a worse time, right? You just got done blowing out Cincinnati, right. um, showing your most complete game, um, put in all that effort, you know, learn some things. I'm sure they practiced different, had some aha moments. So how I, I think when you talk about the coaching, how do you continue to capture that? Um, you don't want to see a letdown. I think that you guys have all touched upon the this schedule, these these three games. Um, the Dolphins are a tough out. Um, you know, they made moves at the trade deadline, um, really beefing up their pass rush, um, getting getting some um, different different help throughout the team. Um, and so they're going to have an extra week to put those those pieces in place before they see us. Um, so we should be ready for a healthy dose of a different kind of chub um, in that, that in that particular game. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some um, testing of our offensive line there. Um, but I also do think the Dolphins, as Chris alluded to, are not the team that came out gangbusters at the beginning of the season. They've they've shown some weaknesses. Um, I do think that Tua is continuing to grow as a quarterback. Um, and yes, he's been able to find Tyreek Hill, but I'm not a big believer in how well he throws the, the deep ball. Um, I think that Tyreek Hill is a master at adjustments and, and getting to some passes that um, aren't necessarily right on the money. So I'm hopeful that with some improvement in our secondary and some better play from our safeties that that continues to carry over and maybe we can take advantage of some of those um, jump balls that tend to go out to Tyreek Hill instead of bullets. So um, well, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking for that. Well, you know, Mark, with, with uh, Miami, what's interesting, what they've done is, you know, Tyreek Hill got so much uh, focus. They have another receiver by the name of Waddle. And Waddle has had really good numbers and had really good production because of all the attention to Tyreek Hill. So the key with that game is going to be, you know, our corners – you know, doing their job on both sides. Their running game isn't great. Um, it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, so it's about not just Hill, but also Waddle, too, in terms of stopping them. We can stop them. We've got a shot, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Waddle is definitely one of the the big, bright, um, young stars in in the receiving cores. And so, you know, I think I think if they don't have Tyreek Hill, I don't think they're stressing a whole lot if if Jalen Waddell is is their number one receiver. I think he's still quite quite for a sure. lot of skill. Yep. So so yeah, it, it is a very tough matchup for for our team. I think that they're they're they can be got, I think Miami. Um but but it is going to be a test. Um the Bills um, the Bills are a completely different animal right now. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. I'll tell you what, if the Browns can pull out another complete game against Miami and really show a build off the momentum, I might have a different perspective on how they're going to play against the Bills. Um, but right now, um, the man, the Bills are just blowing the doors off of any anybody who comes close to them. So, yeah. I, I, you know, that is the game that I'm not looking forward to at all. Um, and the Buccaneers game, you know, if if I if you were going to put a gun to my head and ask me to pick a win, a one up win out of these three, I think the Buccaneers game is our best shot. 
Yeah. Um, they are not playing oh, yeah. the way that they that we expected them to play. Um, oh. they they're they're a lot like Cincinnati um in terms of the offensive line is just not giving them what they expect. And because of that, other pieces of their game are just not clicking and just not happening. They've got some some incredibly talented receivers, a lot of experience. Um, you know, Mike Evans still finds a way to get open almost every game. But the big difference is that Tom Brady's not throwing from a completely clean pocket um, the way he was last year. So I think that that they, they show a lot of the same tendencies and a lot of the same issues that we faced against Cincinnati. So I think that they're, there's a glimmer of hope there. Now, hopefully they don't get back on a positive level going into that game. We'd, we'd love to see them when they're down as opposed to when they're up. But um, if you had, if I had to absolutely choose um, a win that I would put my money towards, I would probably be looking closer to what's happening in the Buccaneers game than I would um, the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, but I do think, um, you know, I think, it's entirely possible for the Browns to come out of this three game stretch in a positive way. Um, yeah. I think it's possible to pull down two, two to three wins. Um, I think three will be tough. I think, I think it might even be borderline not possible. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think that two is mm. within grasp. I think, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, Chris, you made the great point. If they show up, if they show up exactly the way we saw them on Monday to Miami, um, they might they might give the Dolphins all they can handle. Well, I think the other part of that too is you know we also don't know how they're going to be approaching us. We have all seen teams that have played down to or think this is a bye week, and certainly a team like the Bills or the Dolphins could look at the Browns like that with our record and look past how close those games were. So we shall see. Uh, I, th I think we have to come out of this two and one to have a glimmer of a shot at the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's a, that's another good, um, you know, kind of transition here. So these three games, none of these games are divisional games. However, you cannot think that with an eight, eight losses that you can do anything in the playoffs other than win your division. There's just no way. Um, right. Eight losses is significant, um, especially with how other teams are playing throughout the AFC. Um, so you've got to come out of this this three game stretch with some wins. Captain obvious here, the more the better. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you really just need some momentum. And then, you know, we come out of these three games and then the fun really begins. Um, so. You know, we have kind of, we've watched the Browns. We've watched them um, try to put their best team out there. We've seen them struggle. We've seen the different motivations be in different places. Um, and the big um, caveat behind has been, well, wait until we get our star quarterback. Um, so here comes Deshaun Watson um, at when we see the Texans right after this three-game stretch. Andrew Barry's already come out this week and said there is no question that, you know, Deshaun Watson starts that game. So all the conversations about what are you going to do with Jacoby, what kind of leader is Jacoby, what has he brought to the locker room, um, 
are a little bit moot. You know, we'll see how the team takes that through the next three games. I don't think that that was a surprise to anybody um, in that locker room, especially to Jacoby. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a whole different animal when Watson shows up. Say again, Gary? It was a surprise who said it, though, don't you think? It's kind of odd that the GM came out and made that statement and not the, not the head coach. You know what? I'm glad it was Barry. I wish Barry would speak up more often. I feel like, and I made this comment um, when Sean and I were talking last week, I feel like they've hung Stefanski out to dry with all of the different types of Absolutely. issues going on yep. and all of the different PR that had to happen before the season. You didn't hear from anybody but Kevin Stefanski. And the person who had the least control over most of the stuff that he had to talk about was Kevin Stefanski. And so I'm glad that Barry kind of stepped up and took that bullet. Now I hope, and I, and, and my, my inclination is that again, that that wasn't a surprise to the coaching staff or to the team at all that they've been talking about that whole way through. I hope that's true. I hope that it's not a situation where Kevin hadn't decided yet. And, and we already put it to bed because I don't want, I, I don't want that vibe. Um, but, you know, I, I think in a, in a, in a year where there's a lot of questions and you're not really happy with the performance of the team and, and a lot of expectations aren't being met. You know, I, I want, I want the GM to step up and speak for the talent that he put on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and speak for, you know, what's happening with the coaching staff, you know, who's the coach's boss, you know, it's, it's the GM and the owner. So if you're not going to step up, and talk about their performance and you're not going to talk about what things need to be changed, you know, what are you doing? So, so I, I was actually happy to see him get up and say something. Um, but I do think as Browns fans, we, we, we have to be ready for um, it's going to be a whole new vibe once Deshaun Watson comes in, in a lot of different avenues. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to look more like, uh, you know, Chicago, or um, even Buffalo, because Josh Allen can move pretty well. Um, you know, when you have that rushing quarterback, that guy with that ability that he can, you know, well, this isn't working. I guess I'll just have to do it myself and, you know, take off and run the ball for 20, 30 yards uh, if necessary. It, it's a huge change in the dynamic now real quick what you were saying before about Jacoby's leadership you know kind of being moot I don't think that's true because this is the guy he's going to say all right he's the guy we're going to follow now you know and based on his attitude it's going to translate to everybody else looking to Deshaun uh, you know I, I didn't necessarily mean that his leadership is moot what I meant was that his the leadership he's showing isn't going to change the circumstances. So, you know, Jacoby, Jacoby goes three and O in these three games. I think we all need to be prepared for the fact that he's still not going to start against Texans. Oh yeah. Um, and so his ability to continue as Gary kind of pointed out to continue to play with optimism, to be having fun out there, to begin making the most of his time, um, is going to be big. Um, it's just, I, I think the Browns have basically come out and said, Hey, you know what? We didn't do all this. We, we didn't go down this road for nothing. 
So when mm-hmm. he's ready to play, he's going to play. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of chatter, a lot of conversation about that, you know, especially if Jacoby pulls off a couple of wins out of this three, people are going to be worried about the momentum, what's happening. Should we just hold? Um, so you're going to hear a lot of chatter back and forth. Um, you know, you met, you guys made a, a point about how the offense might look different when Watson's here. And you talked a little bit about the running quarterbacks and everything. I think that the offense that I'm hoping that we're closest to is something along the lines of the giants. Um, so every other running quarterback that's out there, whether you're talking about Lamar Jackson, you're talking about Justin Fields, um, they don't have a running game beyond those guys. They don't have a star running back who's taking the load, who has the skill set that Nick Chubb has. And they sure as heck don't have two running backs mm-hmm. in the backfield. So I'm, I am a little concerned that this identity that we've been talking about all year long, that we've been saying, hey, we got to have our identity. We got to play to our strengths. We got to be this team. And we just saw ourselves do that versus Cincinnati and come out and really be the team we expected. I'm a little concerned that when you get someone in there who does run the ball as well as Deshaun Watson does, and you do want that. I mean, you didn't, you didn't sign him to your team not to have him use a skill set. Right. But in this year and in this run, I'll be really fascinated to see does the offense really change that much or are we going to see the same offense, but with a different driver who has a completely different skill set? I mean, we've watched a Kobe scramble and we've all like been on the edge of our seats. Like, Oh my gosh, he's going to die. Right. When Deshaun Watson scrambles in the same situation, we might be applauding. Um, but, but does he run more? Does he pass more? Are the passes crisper? It'll, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see. It's going to be really interesting. I I think there's a lot of questions out there though. Then, and you brought up one of the big ones is, does it change the offense? Does it drive people crazy? Because we go away from the run more because we're leaning on him more things such as that. Um, how rusty is he? I mean, when he comes back, there's going to be some rust. I mean, realistically, the guy hasn't played in a while. So, you know, how rusty is he going to be? I mean, we don't know. Um, so what's that going to look like? And again, I think there's a lot of hope on this. And when we realize that the offense hasn't been our issue, I mean, we've been scoring points, we've been moving the ball, but the defense has been the issue. So yes, I think we'll score more with him, but I don't know that, that that's going to make the big difference. Everybody thinks, although it could, because a lot of the games we lost have been close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to key off the I want to key off of what Gary said. I mean, the big question is we have not lost because of our offense. We really haven't. So the question is, you know, do we want to see a different offense than what we've seen? Yeah. I mean, what, what do we expect for him to, for Watson to do that Brissett has not? Because Brissett's been pretty good. I'm sorry, right. he has. Right. Uh, so, so, what piece do we think he's missing that uh, agreed he, he scrambles better and more comfortable, but other than that, is there anything? I think, I think the number one thing that I'm, that I'm hoping the most for is the, the accuracy of the longer passes, um, putting those passes on the numbers, 
um, as opposed to, you know, Jacoby's gotten down the field and he has been, he's been able to get um, some loft under the ball for some of those mm-hmm. long passes. Um, but they haven't been the breakaways. Um, we haven't been able to take advantage of, you know, big one-on-one speed matchups down the field. So um, Deshaun is an entirely different level of arm strength. Um, so that is the piece that I would be really interested in seeing. Um, and But your point, Chris, is exactly what I was getting to. I'm, I'm very hopeful that the team does not significantly change the offense that they're playing when he comes in the game, especially at first, because he's going to come in, he's going to play the Texans. Um, That is going to be, um, that's going to be quite the spectacle. Um, You know, we are going to escalate. Um, Not only are the Browns probably going to become, if they're not already for some people, the team that everybody loves to hate, they're going to walk right into Deshaun Watson's old team where all of this stuff started and it's just going to be, you know, a closed dome, a bunch of people yelling, screaming, hollering. It's going to be quite the environment. Yeah. But the big thing is right after that game, we've got the away game at Cincinnati and we've got then the Ravens at home. And those are critical games. And so I don't want to see us. You just found yourselves. You, you found yourselves and you put together a complete game. I want Deshaun Watson to plug in, give me the little bit better spark or, or I I don't know, the better hot sauce that you might have to add to that recipe. But let's not forget what makes this thing go. Get out in front, play from a lead and turn it over to your running game and play solid defense. That's that's the key. I, I don't need Deshaun Watson to be the, the star NFL quarterback we hope he will be for the future. I just need him not to not to short circuit any of the momentum that may be coming. Yeah. You know, it's right. funny. Um, back in 2017, when he was coming out for the draft and the Browns had the first pick in the draft, I actually, and I could, I can pull it up on my phone and show you guys, but I made a meme with a picture of him on it. And I said, it's always darkest before the Deshaun. Well, and I think a lot of people are hoping that. Um, I think everybody wants to see what we went through, why we went through all this, right? Right. You, you, you want to see this huge, massive improvement. There's a, there's a whole lot of people who watch the games that we lost and they say, Hey, you know what? If Deshaun Watson can't get us three points a game, what's the right. point? Right. Was the right? Juice so so there so there is a lot of people who would say, okay, well, we already believe that we should be up there in the one loss, two loss category of of the NFL. So if we already believe that, and then we bring in a guy who should get us more than three points a game, you know, we want to see fireworks, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I just think, you know, our fan base in general has been jaded, like the, you know, the constant conversations about whether or not Chubb is getting enough carries and, and whether or not Stefanski is a good play caller when 
you're, you're running a top offense in the NFL and you haven't, we haven't lived in the world of a top offense in decades. So, so the idea that we, we are constantly bitching about the play calling drives me nuts. Um, But, you know, we bring in Watson and, you know, people want to see a return, right? We want to understand, you know, he's, he's obviously bringing in the baggage he's bringing in and there's not a lot we can talk about to add to that conversation, but they want to see why they want to see why did we do this? What happened? Why, why was this important? Um, We didn't get to see a lot of that in the preseason. I think we saw a guy who was under the microscope and sometimes didn't perform all that well in the preseason. So he, to Gary's point, he could be rusty as hell. Um, and we may be in for some bumps in the road. Um, but you know, we don't have a lot of time to waste on bumps in the road. We got the Bengals, the Ravens coming right, right away there. Those are huge games, you know, if, if you don't want to win both of those games, you, you got to win one. I think we have to win both. I think, I, think you've, I think you've got to win against the Bengals and especially against the Ravens if you got any shot of turning the season around. Well, you know, we, we all got together today. We knew it was going to be some longer episodes and some other stuff. Um, we are actually, because it's the bye week, um, Gary and I are going to take a little bit of a break from our, our weekly picks. Um, you know, we have, you know, we've been doing that. Um, we've been having a lot of fun. I will go down the scoreboard for us, Gary, cause we did make up some ground last week. So, um, so last week, Gary went three and one in his picks to continue to pull away yeah. from everybody. He is now 21 and 19 and above 500. So, you know, golf clap for that, Gary. Good job. Good job. Um, First, Mark, what's the one game I lost? You lost. We, we, you lost the Browns game. We all did. did. We all took it on the chin on that one. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this guy, the I coin. The win. Yeah, you did pick them to win. You did. You did. You thought it would be closer, though. I did. But um, the, the coin uh had a bad week only won one game went one and three and is now sitting at 16 and 24 so so a flip of a coin isn't necessarily 50 percent you gotta you gotta <laughs> want, play out those stats um and then i had a half and half week so i went two for two um again i feel like that's been a common theme for me throughout the year they get two out of two out of four each time um, and so, but I am now pulled one game behind the coin at 15 and 25. So um, I too am looking for the kind of bounce back that the Browns are looking for in the second half of the season. So string some wins together as, as Kevin Stefanski says, we need to stack them. Let's stack some wins and have some fun. So Gary and I have had a lot of fun with the pick segment. We will continue to be bringing the pick segment to you. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit um, as we kind of close up the second part of our roundtable discussion. I want to talk about uh, some changes that are coming to the cardiology that you've started to hopefully come to know and love. Um, we are going to pursue a little bit different format for everybody. I think, I think one of the things that, uh, you know, in all my conversations with the guys, you know, every single one of you, by the way, you know, thank you so much. Um, for the time you guys take to hop in and, 
and um, spend some time with me talking about the games. And, and I love hearing all your different perspectives, but one of the biggest things that I love having is, is letting you guys Thank you, Mark. your own oh, pat, pat, pat on my back. Thanks, Chris. Um, the, the, one of the things <laughs> I really love though, is, is you guys being able to um, show your personalities and get some time to talk. And I think, um, you know, we'll be honest with everybody out there. We're new to podcasting and, and trying to keep conversations under the hour threshold when all kinds of things are falling apart with the team or going great with the team can be challenging. So we are going to pursue chunking out our segments. So we're, you're not going to lose any of the things that we um, have been doing. We're always going to be about debriefing how the team is going. We're always going to be about looking towards the next game um, and also talking about um, our picks and some of those different things. But we're going to start separating those throughout the week. So you're going to start seeing some releases of multiple episodes throughout the week, as opposed to everything all at once. Um, I think that will allow us the flexibility to all be ourselves and have some more fun with you and talk about our thoughts in the games, but also too, um, it's going to allow us to be a little bit more timely. So as breaking news happens, um, we can actually speak to some of those things, um, add some of those commentaries to our episodes so that we can always keep you up to date with everything that's going on with the Cleveland Browns. We, you know, we all hope that someday that this podcast takes off to even bigger heights and maybe we'll all get the flexibility someday to record daily podcasts. But, but the reality is the four of us are all working men right now. And so uh, daily for daily podcasting is really just not in our, in our realm. Um, But we do, see the need to kind of get some timely information out there and have a little bit more fun. So, so you're going to be seeing that in, in some coming episodes, you guys all good with that? Yeah, sure. You're going to have Absolutely. a couple different voices on here too, aren't you? That sounds great. Yeah. 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 So, so we are going to proceed, go to the different format, but um, as um, Sean's alluding to, we are also going to have some other guest hosts. Um, I mentioned that um, I am getting the opportunity to go to um, Buffalo to see the Browns-Bills game. Um, I'm getting that opportunity out of the kindness of my wife um, who was able to secure those tickets. So one of our guest hosts that you're going to meet for the very first time as we get into the second half of the year is my wife, Beth, who is going to come give her perspective as a Browns fan, especially <laughs> in our, our um, experience hanging out with the Bills Mafia and what that was like. And she's going to come on and, and share some of that information with us just to kind of give us uh, a, a different perspective on everything that's been going on with the Browns. Um, I also, you know, again, um, through some kindness of others, am going to have the opportunity to be at the Bengals game, the away game in Cincinnati. So I'm super looking forward to that game, especially after last week. Um, so uh, some different things. So we'll, we'll have some different voices come on to kind of talk about those games, different people who are around with us and seeing everything. Um, but one of the big things that we're going to do along with chunking out the episodes is we're going to try to get into having everybody together um, a little bit more in studio. Um, so you'll probably hear... You know, um, everybody's been a good sport about using Zoom. Uh, I think we all learned that from COVID. Um, but we're going to try to get together a little bit more. I've got this wonderful 
basement pub with a big TV. And we're going to start using that stuff and get everybody in here and be, be able to kick up our feet and relax a little bit as we go through these games. So um, also, I, I would be remiss to say, I think, Gary, you're actually going to start coming off the road a little bit. We might actually see you in our actual realm a little bit, huh? Might possibly. No promises, though, because uh, <laughs> might might end up going back on the road. You never know. Yeah. Gary. <laughs> Gary is a, you know, he's a, a traveling man, a celebrity. He, you know, he can't be tied to a desk. So we'll, we'll continue though, to have him on um, and, and go through and, and have conversations, but we're going to continue to be joined by Sean, by Chris. Um, you guys have been great. You're stuck we've, been with having guys. A, we've been having a fantastic well, guys. time with this. Um, so with that, we want to, Wish everybody a great rest of your bye week. Enjoy your NFL games without the without the stress of a Browns game, but it won't be too long. We'll be getting ready and gearing up for that big matchup um, down in Miami um, against the Dolphins. So um, everybody have fun out there. Um, we look forward to all of your feedback and your continued listening to the podcast. So you can always check us out on our website, www.cardiologycle.com or on your favorite streaming partner. We are available on Apple, on Amazon and on Spotify. So please tell your friends, check us out. We'd love to hear from you and all your different feedback. Um, and as always, thank you to our sponsor, CB's custom garage interiors and more um, who continues to help us out behind the scenes um, and help us bring cardiology to you every week. So um, we look forward to a great second half of this season with everybody. Um, so let's, let's go around. I want to hear everybody's best barks and a good, here we go brownies. So here we go brownies. Here we go. Uh, Gary's going to put his dog on the desk and let him do it. That would probably be more authentic, but thanks everybody. We will, we will catch you on the flip side. Mm -hmm.